Greetings and peace in the name of Jesus, who is our suffering servant. It no less has been an interesting week, as we know, as schools closed, business closed, and we're secluded all the more, wondering about what may come. During this time, I spent some extra time on Facebook, and with children being home and many of their parents instructing them, one mother who had two children said, it's been a frustrating first day. I suspended one of my children and expelled the others. Okay, so somewhat of a frustration there. And somebody else posted in Facebook, as I'm somewhat um, maybe more biased toward teachers, well, my teacher wasn't wrong all along about how my child behaved. Never mind, okay? But this way out is about 20 years ago in which I went through my first corn maze. I think for us being in Northwest Ohio with the cornfields, an extra way to make money and some entertainment, uh, never really got lost in a corn maze. Uh, sometimes there's different things to see and questions to write down. And the thing about going through a corn maze, you just walk in one direction, you'll sooner or later find your way out. Now, I've never been to one, but people have told me that maybe in Toledo or in the Cleveland area, um, that there's escape rooms. And that's a picture on the right. And escape rooms is you go in a room and spend so much money with your friends, you need to be clever detectives and find your way out of those rooms. A corn maze, find your way out. It's really not hard to get lost, just you walk out of it, but at times you'd be confusing. But never been to an escape room, but would uh, one day enjoy that. On a more serious note, and I'm not sure how many here have been in a car accident, and you've heard me lament my friend who died a few months ago. Uh, returning from a concert, um, there's a small accident in front of us in which I was asked to uh, put on the uh, the, the flashers of the car, and then I heard this horrendous noise as a car slammed into the car behind us, and my head was leaning over the, 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 uh, leaning over the seat, my head was thrown into uh, the steering wheel, and rather shook and knew something bad was going to happen, and my friend pulled me out. So I wanted a way out. When I heard the terrible noise and my head slammed into the large steering wheel, he helped me with a way out on a much more serious note. On a much more even serious note, um, he was born in eastern Germany during the war, and after World War II, two superpowers emerged. One was the United States and one was the Soviet Union. And they were friends because they had a common ally, but after the war, they were, we were ideologically opposed. And the whole focus point, the focal point of the United States and the Soviet Union, all focused on a city called Berlin. And there he was in eastern Germany, a young man, and he knew what Nazism was like, and he was finding out what communism was like. And some of his relatives and friends said, this is the way out. Take this train to this bus depot. They take this bus depot to this place. There's some relatives here. They'll help you get to the wall. And at this wall, there's nobody checking. This will get you into Western Berlin, and here's a train you need to take to escape the whole Eastern Bloc. This way out. All from a focal point of the Berlin Knot Wall. Now, many of us know that in the late 1980s, the wall came down, but this was a way out. On a much more serious note, um, much more serious note, we wonder when COVID-19 is going to end. And as the days pass, we hear about more people in more counties. We hear about the death toll of those infected. Um, the grocery stores sometimes have um, empty aisles and empty shelves and more unemployment, and we wonder where this is going to all end and where this is all going to go. And sometimes it seems right now, as we look at it, there's no way out of it. And even this worship service, 
from my vantage point, is, is a reminder of that. Or if you're watching this at home, you too wonder what is going to be the way out. For Israel, for God's people, they too need a way out. Because sin is something that, it's a snare, it's a cell uh, that separates. And Israel's story was one in which God blessed them, and he led them through uh, the slavery experience in Egypt, and he opened up the Red Sea, and he gave them the law to be his people. They were, they were to be, they, he was to be, God was to be their God, and they were to be his people. And yet, they still got snapped in ensnared into sin. And they couldn't keep their hands off of idols. Uh, more exciting worship, uh, more exciting stories from false gods. And idolatry hurts and angers gods. What's idol? Well, an idol is something I believe in above God. And so here, God speaks to his people through the prophet Isaiah. I have been quiet and held myself back, but now like a woman in childbirth, I cry aloud and I gasp and pant. Their idolatry was too much. And there didn't appear to be a way out for them due to their idolatry. But sin is something that I think everyone can relate to. Because we all sin. That is part of our nature. There's nothing easier to sin. Um, it's part of our fallen nature. And Romans says it accurately. For all you and I have sinned and fallen short. We don't measure up to the standards of God's glory, and many times we can't find our own way out. And I can simply go through the list, whether it's lust or greed or arrogance or pride or property or popularity or possessions or whatever it is, you and I, due to our sinful nature, um, many times caused by our idolatry, we all live in prisons of our own making. We isolate people with selfishness. We isolate God because we avoid his word and his sacrament. We isolate ourselves sometimes due to our selfishness and greed. And many times the prisons we live in of loneliness and desperation are caused by ourselves and our idolatry that keeps God out of our heart. Our own story is one in which maybe we've hurt or harmed others, in which we maybe not have been as generous or kind as we needed to be. And we live in those own cells of our own making. Sin, especially idolatry, upsets God, who is not tolerant of it. Um, what's an idol? An idol is a God we find apart from God's word. An idol is that thing in which we look to in all despair and desperation. An idol is that thing that we believe will make us happy when all else is failing us. And so God is not tolerant of it. The first commandment is you shall have no other what? God's. That's right. And so God was intolerant of Israel's idolatry. And God said this, But those who trust in idols, who say to images, You are gods, will be turned back in shame. So God doesn't tolerate sin. He's not tolerant of sinners, or sinners are idolatry, and out of love he acts. Now one way in which God works is something that maybe many of us can relate to. We're given a timeout. You ever been given a timeout? You know what I'm talking about? Made to sit in the corner? When we camped and one of us acted up, our dad put us in the car with the windows down until we cooled down. Then he lovingly came and got us. Or I liken it to being put in a what? A penalty box. Many times God gets our attention by slowing life down. I've had many people say, Pastor, do you think with everything closing down this past week is maybe God's way of getting our attention? 
Maybe God's way of getting us to turn our head, and the answer is what? Yeah, maybe. We get put in a penalty box, we get put in a timeout, we get sat in the corner, and many times God doesn't punish us, but he gives us timeout, he interrupts us, so we can sit and think about what we have done. Much like my father did, much like many of you, your lives are interrupted so you could sit and think about those things that might have been harmful to others and God through our own idolatry. Now, the one thing God is leading us to is to repentance. And repentance, I, I enjoy what Luther says here. Repentance is to probe and ponder how bad you have been. And that's true. Many times we realize if we hurt or harm somebody else, we feel bad. We haven't done our best. But repentance is more than that. To probe and ponder how bad you have been is not enough. If you do not ponder and probe much more how good you desire to what become. So a person who says, I'm only sorry for what I've done, and doesn't reflect on this is the good I should have done, well, that's really not repentance. Repentance is something that I'm really sorry I did this because I could have handled it this way much better. I'm really sorry I reacted that way because I could have reacted this way. So repentance is just not sorrow, but it's also reflection on the future of what I could have done differently. Now, God's grace is the way out. And interesting for Israel, even though they knew God, who couldn't keep away from idols, God still makes this promise. I will turn the darkness into light. Well, that's a very popular theme for Christianity. For us who walk in darkness, we've seen the light of Christ. And before them, I make the rough places smooth. Now, that sort of sounds like Advent or Christmas language. And that, that is really Jesus Christ, the coming of Jesus Christ who makes the hills and valleys smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not, what? Forsake them. And so in spite of our sin, ourselves who are making, God looks on us in grace. He calls us to repent. He says, I will not forsake them. Whenever I hear the word forsake, I think about Jesus on the cross, who bore our sin, who bore hell, who said what? Said, my God, my God, why have you what? Forsaken me. But God never forsakes us. He forsook Christ that we might never be forsaken in the faith. So God's repentance and God's grace is the way out. What else is the way out? I think what Peter said when everyone else left him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. The way out is to look at Jesus, our Redeemer. The way out, you've heard before, is to repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of what? Refreshing may come from the Lord. And of course, Jesus always calls, Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. For the way out for us believers in repentance and faith and grace is to look at our loving God who brings us out of all of that. You know, many times the best way out is to follow someone who has been there. And people have asked me, Pastor, what's to come of this COVID-19? Now, I'm not a prophet nor a prophet's son, but I do know that we who live here on God's earth, this isn't the first time pestilence or plague or something horrible has happened. I mean, think about the plague in Luther's day. In 1918, 50 million people died of the Spanish influenza. We have not, and we will not be, the last society that deals with this. So we can say that in the past, God has been faithful and leads people out. 
The best way out is to follow someone who's been there, someone who's been through sin and turmoil and said, well, Jesus was the way out for me. The best way out is someone who has lead the way. The best guide to the experience who know the way out. I've been there, done that. I was once a non-believer, now a believer. I once strayed, but I now came home to God's Word. So, sort of what does that mean for us? We'll share our hope. Our hope is Jesus. Our hope is Jesus who sees us out. Our hope is Jesus who forgives our sins. So someone asks you at work or at home, what's to become of us? Say, well, God's still in control. Jesus still forgives us. Our life is inconvenienced, but heaven's still our home. Share the hope we have. Peter says, do this with gentleness and respect. What else? I'm asking everyone, including myself, be a bit more patient. Show more love and understanding. People are scared. Can't find toilet paper anywhere. Never mind, okay? Be a little bit more patient with people. Um, None of us have been through this before. I shared that Pastor Learning and I, we didn't take Epidemic 101 at the seminary. Neither have you. Neither has our church. Never been through this before. Be more patient, a little bit more loving, a little more understanding. What else? We'll look out for the least of these. Well, who are the least of these today, especially with this epidemic? Maybe the elderly who are scared. Maybe people who are fighting off cancer or a very low um, immune system or have been ill in the past. Let them go first in line. Stay away from them unless they really need something from you. Look out for the least of these. And finally, focus on what's important. Well, heaven's important. This earth is fragile and temporary. Our family is very important. Our church family is very important. God's word and the continuum of God's work is very important. So we, who have been called out of sin into eternal life and light, share the hope. Be more patient, loving, understanding. Look out for the least of these and focus on what is important. For God always provides a way out for his people. He has never forsaken us and never will do so through Jesus Christ, who lived, who died, and rose for us. So how about this for a closing thought? I passed through trials all the way with sin and ills contending. In patience, I must bear each day the cross of God's own sending. When in adversity, I know not where to flee. When storms awoke my soul dismay, I passed through trials all the way. My walk is heavenward all the way. Await my soul tomorrow. When God's good healing shall allay all suffering, sin, and sorrow. And worldly pomp be gone. To heaven I now press on. For all the world I would not stay. My walk is heavenward all the way. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen.